All right. So who is planning to stop by Trunk or Treat to come and engage some people? Because I hope that we know that it's not about Trunk or Treat. It's not about those kinds of things. It's about engaging people. This morning, the title of the sermon is Engage, because it falls on the heels of why we do Go Church events. And why we do Go Church events is because we want to engage people, right? We, I mean, we can do our own thing, and we can not engage anyone, and that's, that's okay, too, as long as we're getting built up to go and engage. But we want to have opportunities to engage even here and now. So this morning, that's what we're going to be talking about, this idea of engage. And I always have to start with a story, because stories are good. This one is about me and Angie. Um, I don't know if I've, I don't know, do I ask permission for stories anymore? I don't think I do. I'll get in trouble eventually. Um, I'm okay right now. So who, who has traveled? I mean, New Zealanders are, are traveling people, but who's traveled to Europe before? Who's traveled to South America before? Me and Angie. Who's traveled uh, to Australia? Do we have a lot? Most people must have gone to Australia, right? It's that other place. It's not quite as good as New Zealand, uh, except in rugby. No, I'm just kidding. They're very, we're way better. Um, who's traveled to Antarctica? I was thinking about wanting to go to Antarctica sometime in my life. Frank, you've been to Antarctica. That's awesome. Who's been to um, Africa? Anja's been to Africa. So Angie and I, we love to travel. We love to travel. And, and we've been to a number of different places. But I think one of the most exotic places that we've been able to travel to was Paris, Paris, France. And we had plans of going to, um, when we went to Paris, it was, I think it was a seven or eight day trip. Um, and we were newly married. And, um, and we wanted to go and explore other things, but we didn't really get a chance to. And, and one of the reasons why we didn't get a chance to and I don't know if it's happened to you when you've traveled before, and I mean, I'm sure it probably has, but for whatever reason, it hit us so hard this time. We had jet lag like nobody's business. We, we were incapable human beings when we arrived in Paris, and the time, it must have just been the wrong time zone from where we came to. And, and it's so funny. I think I remember more about a Mike Tyson documentary that we watched at three in the morning in the hotel than I remember about seeing any of the other things in Paris. Just because our clocks were so off. One of Angie's highlights for the trip was trying to wake up to get this continental breakfast. And, and we just, sometimes we'd be up at like four and ready to go. And the next morning we'd wake up at four in the afternoon and we're like, we missed that breakfast, you know. We, we, we love travel. And so this is one of the more memorable trips that we had. And I, it, we, I didn't do any pre-planning, and so I'm glad that we found our hotel. We just, I don't even know, God is real because he guided us to our hotel without, without us having any plan, and we happened to get off at the right stop, and we had no idea where we are going. But I think one of the more memorable things in Paris, who's been to Paris before? So there's quite a few. Have you been to the Louvre? I can't say it correctly, but the Louvre, that's my best attempt. Ange, how do you say it? The Louvre. Is that, okay, I'm good. So I've been to the Louvre, and it's, it's, a, it's a magnificent, I mean, structure even on top, and then you go in. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Some of the paintings and the history contained in there are, are spectacular. We couldn't go all the way to Paris and not go see the Louvre. And the Mona Lisa is in there, and it's very underwhelming when you see it. Um, but there's, there's so many, it's just phenomenal, the different things that you can see. And, and I, I enjoy history, I enjoy those things. So we weren't going to go to Paris and not go to the Louvre. So we went, and I just wanted to show you a picture of us at the Louvre, if I could. (laughs) 
we were so tired. I don't remember anything from the Louvre when we went. This is inside the Louvre. And I I just, this is before the age of photobombing, but that that Asian guy just got us really good. Me and Angie are exhausted. I don't even know what day it is, but we we were going to go to the Louvre. And we went, (laughs) everybody else is walking around. We're sitting down in the middle of this big museum. And we're just, you know, we're looking around. We can barely uh, stay awake. We don't know what time of day it is. I remember on this trip, I, I purchased, I wanted to get a painting to help um, someone that had, had helped send us over there. And I, I went on the side of the road, and the guy guaranteed me it was a real painting. And so, uh, on his word, I purchased one, and then only to find out that it wasn't. And then I said, the next guy I see is not going to tell me. So I bought another one, and that one wasn't real. You can tell we were really tired on this trip. But the point of this is this, is you can be present somewhere, and you can be disengaged. You can be present somewhere, and you can be disengaged. And that's one of the things that I just want to look at. And I want to look at it through the story of Zacchaeus. Do you remember the story, the song with Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. This is the old school. We should sing that one on Sunday morning. We're going to talk about the story of Zacchaeus. So I'm going to jump straight in. Luke 19, verse chap- chapter 19, verse 1. He, being Jesus, entered Jericho, and he was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. He, Jesus, entered Jericho, and he was passing through. I think this scripture comes alive when we take time to look at it. Think about, we are all passing through somewhere. Every single one of us is passing through somewhere. When we get up in the morning and we go out our door, we're going somewhere. We're passing through so many different places as we head to whatever the things that we've purposed in our day to do are. He was passing through. And I just wanted to make sure that we understood the commonality that all of us are passing through to somewhere. Jesus wasn't intending on staying in Jericho. His destination was not Jericho. His destination at the time was Jerusalem. But it's so important that we catch this because I think our destinations can sometimes become the thing that we're going after so we miss everything else that happens as we're passing through. Oftentimes, you might not even ever get to the thing that your destination is, because we're going to talk about it later, that tomorrow is never certain. Tomorrow is never promised. We are all passing through. And this morning, that's one of the things I want to look at in this idea of when we engage, we need to understand that we are all, in fact, passing through. And this story of engagement happens as Jesus was passing through Jericho. It is so important we don't miss opportunities when we are passing through. I passed through Paris. I passed through the Louvre. But there was a very different experience that Angie and I would have gone in if we would have been engaged. And I, and I don't know the secrets to, to travel. I need to get with Bruce Billington a little bit more and, and figure out how to, um, you know, kill jet lag and get out of it. We were present in the Louvre, but we were not engaged. We passed through. We can say, yep, I attended class. I don't know how many of you went to, went to school and, and you know, yep, I'm here, but were you really there? Were you really there? How many of us live in the Upper Hutt city, and we say we live in Upper Hutt, but are we engaging our city? 
That's the question. You might live in your neighborhood, but are you engaging your neighborhood? I'm going to take it even more personal. You, you live in a house with your family, but are you engaging your family? Is, we, can, we can be present and we can be disengaged. And I love this. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. One of the things that I want to look at this morning is just the way that we view those around us. And I love this line, but on account of. And I wanted to just even take just a moment to say, what are the people's reasons around you that they cannot see Jesus? There's always, but on account of, there's people in your neighborhood that right now can't see Jesus. But I love, I love what he says here, that Zacchaeus was seeking to see Jesus. And I would submit to you that Jesus is life and people are seeking life. People are seeking truth. People are seeking life. Now, there's in this passage, but on account of. If, if we pass through and we don't have this knowledge that people actually have these blockages as we're, as we're passing through, we're not going to stop and look for opportunities to unblock those passages. There's a guy here, as Jesus is passing through, has reasons why he's not able to see Jesus. I want to submit to you that it's one of our responsibilities to begin to see the things that are blocking people from seeing Jesus. Engage today. Every round around us will have reasons why they're unable to see who Jesus is or meet with Jesus. We have to overcome these boundaries, otherwise they will never meet Jesus, or or he'll use someone else. Verse 4 says this, So he ran on ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried, and he came down, and he received him joyfully. I think there's three maybe easy takeaways of how Jesus engaged Zacchaeus, and I just want to look at them briefly. Jesus engaged Zacchaeus. I just, I I love the, the idea of what this is and making this so personal, that there are so many interactions that we have on any given day with your, and it, it, we often think of stranger ministry, which I think is, is wonderful. But I also want us to think of, you know, Emma and Rebecca are sitting next to each other. There's opportunities to engage and to encourage and to move each other forward into the things of God. I, I think we cannot limit the ideas of engagement, even to our cafe folks out in the cafe. I want to encourage them. They have time to engage, to move. Every interaction that we have... Don't have in your mind the thing that you're wanting to achieve today so you miss all the opportunities that you're passing through to get to. There is no waste in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what your role is in any given, in any given opportunity, any given Sunday. Isn't that a band? What, I, what we want to communicate, what I would love to, to, to instill in us is this idea that we really are walking, talking opportunities for the kingdom of God to be expressed. We have to understand that 24-7, and it doesn't matter who is next to you, and, that, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. We are 24-7 walking expressions of the kingdom of God. 
That is an exciting thing to be. It's not exciting if we think that this is the time when I'm not connecting with God, or this is just the time that I'm walking to the grocery store, or this is the time when I'm just doing the gardens, or this is the time when I'm just trying to get this. This, I'm trying to get to bed. Kids don't bother me now. We need to understand that time is the gift from God and that 24-7 we are to be his expression. I was, just, I, I, was, I was in the cafe just to get a drink of water right before, and I loved the, the environment that they had in there. I loved the, the level of engagement that they had with one another. Can I encourage you to bring that into this gathering here, to bring this wherever you go? There's not times of engagement. Make every single interaction that you have a time to engage the people around you, to do everything you can to push that forward. The first point is this. Number one, Jesus engaged Zacchaeus right where he was at. He was in a tree. How many of you talk to people in trees? I avoid people in trees. Brian Lewis doesn't. I love this idea. What were we singing this morning? Jesus, I come just as I am. He accepts us just as we are. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well. But I love this idea that Jesus engages us where we are at. And I believe our role is to engage people where they are at in less than ideal circumstances. If they're in a tree, if they're fixing your, your roof. Um, one of the stories that, that Bruce always shares about Pete, and we've shared it before, is that he went to um, Bruce's sister's house. And there was something different that, his, that Bruce's sister recognized that when Pete left the house, something had changed. That's, that's the kind of engagement that, that we want to see is people engaging on the job. I, and you're going to hear it again and again and again, and we're connected. We don't want to just be present in the city of Upper Hutt. We want to be engaging the city of Upper Hutt. But that doesn't look like just the Go Church events. That's just an example to get the juices flowing to let's engage some people. The most effective ministry is going to be the ministry of every individual in here. We want to impart a spirit of of sending so that you understand that as you leave, you're really Christ's representative in every situation that you find yourself in. And if we don't understand that we can engage people where they're at, we're going to wait for the exact moment. I know the best way to engage somebody. I need to get them to church, and then I hope the message is just right, and I hope the worship team just sings that perfect song, and I hope that, that they do an altar call just right, like so they don't say anything that will offend them. They, they'll just say, just inspire them just enough. That is the key to engaging somebody for Jesus. I think it's so easy to fall into that trap that even sometimes I can fall into the trap of saying, what is the best way to engage somebody? Like, how are they going to receive Jesus? How are they going to come into the knowledge of who he is? Jesus engaged this guy while he's in a tree as he's passing through a city on his way to somewhere else. Where people are engaged is not necessarily just going to be up here at the altar, although I hope they have those moments. And some of those moments have been the most powerful for me. When, and I wish I would have... I wish I would have understood the power of God that I carry in me to make those moments significant. But I think if I would have had that knowledge when I go into my workplace and that every single interaction is a significant interaction, an opportunity for me to engage them rather than just being present with them. When you go to school, you have such an opportunity to engage the people around you and not just be present. 
He engaged them right where they're at. I wanted to just give a couple of examples of uh, where, where people were engaged for Jesus. In your car or your chariot, the Ethiopian eunuch. At the drinking fountain, the woman at the well. In court, the adulterous woman. In jail, Paul or Silas, when they, they, they radically, the prison guard met Jesus as they were set free. Climbing trees, Zacchaeus. On the road, Paul on the road to Damascus. At dinner, when Jesus watched, washed the feet of the disciples. What's, what's the point? Engage people where they're at. Sunday morning is wonderful, but who, how are you engaging people for Jesus at Sunday lunch? How are you identifying and engaging the world around you when you're putting your kids to bed? This is, this is something that is really passionate on our hearts because how effective would a ministry be if we meet just for an hour and a half? And that's what our ministry is. This is a time to hopefully come and be encouraged and seek God together. But we want to continue making the sound. Engage people where they are at, and they are in your lives already. I love this. When, look up and see the people around you. Jesus simply looked up, and he saw the people around him. The people are already around you. If you haven't noticed, you're surrounded by a bunch of people this morning. There's a whole lot of opportunity in here to engage people for Jesus. When you go home, if there's people that live in your home, if there's people that live next door to you, there are people there. Engage the people around you. The next point is this. Number two, Jesus showed value to Zacchaeus. He said, I want to be your guest. He didn't even say I want. He said, I must be your guest. What is he communicating there? He's communicating, Zacchaeus, you're important. I love this idea of, of showing value to people. I, I know how easy it is when you go about your day to get really in your day. I've got a lot of things to do. I'm pretty busy right now, so I start thinking about, I need to get here, and I need to make sure I've got to get over this one. And then what, what is happening is I'm actually minimizing all that God can do through me because I'm so focused on getting somewhere. And this showing value point becomes so hard because you're really trying to, man, I need lunch. I'm hungry now. I need to feed this stomach. It's starting to growl at me. I'm, I need to, to go study for my, my exams. I need to get this done. I actually have this project to do. I need to go do here. Well, you know, I went to church last week. I don't know if I want to go and engage the people there this week. How, do you notice that a lot of our lives can become very me-centered? But this second point that Jesus showing value to Zacchaeus, he didn't say, Zacchaeus, join me on my walk to Jerusalem, my friend, if you would like to um, have a chat with me. He said, I must go to your house today. I love this idea of showing value completely outside of our needs, our desires, our wants, not, not regarding our schedule, engaging the people around us means meeting them where they're at, but not just meeting them where, at, where they're at and fitting them into your schedule, but showing them value. If we want to engage people, let's show value to the people around us. There is nothing that will impact somebody than by showing them value above yourself. One of our core values is we want to other people, honor others above ourselves. There's a, there's a ministry of servanthood that can sometimes be lost in today's day and age that is so me-centered that is so my preferences, showing value to people, and not just in namesake, but we, we need to be a people of saying, I must go to your house today. Now, if they decline, we're not going to go to their house. You know, don't, don't push yourself, right? I must go to your house today. I love that. I, um, I, and I, I might have shared this before. It's another Angie story. But for whatever reason, 
Angie doesn't benefit when I tell other people how amazing she is. I, and I like, if, if I have an opportunity, because Angie does so many different things for me. She made these cool slides. She just does, she makes this, she makes it look good. She bought this jacket. She bought this shirt. She bought these, you know, she makes, she does the stuff, you know. Angie is, is awesome. She has such a servant's heart. I make her work so hard. She doesn't get paid anything either. She, she is so, she's awesome. Do you know how many times I tell other people that she's awesome? I tell them all the time. I'm like, oh, you want to you hear about how awesome Angie is? If they'll give me an opportunity, I want to tell them. You know, sometimes I come home and she might be tired and, and she's, she never gets grumpy, but maybe she got grumpy once, once last year sometime, I don't know. But it doesn't matter if in my heart I harbor a lot of love for her that I value her tremendously in my heart. And, that, and not even that, that I'm sharing it. Pete, I love my wife. She's, she just does amazing things. Pete believes me too. I probably have told Pete this. I think as Christians, we harbor a whole lot of love for a lot of people. And we keep it to ourselves and we're not showing them. We're saying, no, I, I love the people of Upper Hut. I'm passionate about them. I love my neighbors. I'll even take it as far as I love my family like I love Angie, but I'm not showing her the value sometimes. That's what I love, what Jesus, I believe, is illustrating in this passage, among many other things, is showing value is such a powerful way to engage people. You meet them where they're at, but then you go and you show them value. There's a whole big difference between feeling the value. C.S. Lewis says it beautifully, and I know I've shared it before, but he says, don't waste all of your good feelings in this philosophical idea of saying, I, I do love people. I wish the best for them. I hope they make, meet Jesus sometime. And don't, don't stop praying. Prayer is powerful. But we have to move into the action of engaging people where they're at and showing them value, just as they are. We engage the most by showing value to people. Number three, Jesus engaged him now. I love this point. He said, I'm going to your house today, not tomorrow, not next time I'm in town. Have you guys seen the, I mean, I'm sure you have. They're not as, as much on anymore, but buy today. And you'll also get a three-piece knife set, and you'll get, you know, a cup that twirls, and you'll get, like, things that you probably don't even need. What is the, what is the thing that they're communicating in that? urgency in the sense of buy now. They know that if you're not going to go buy their product now, you're probably far less likely to, um, to, to ever purchase in the future. And the salespeople in here will know this a lot better than I. I always, I always fa- failed at sale- selling and I, when I did it a little bit just because I, I was never a good closing the sale kind of guy, you know, that hard sale. But what's the idea here? Buy now and you'll get this later. They understand the principle if you don't do it now, you're probably not going to do it later. When you have people in front of you now, engage now. When you come into church on Sunday morning and you have the opportunity to sit next to someone, they might not be here next time. They might, they might be at a different church. They might move cities. They, they might, who knows where they're going to be. The opportunities that we have now we need to engage. I think it's so important. I think we think that things are guaranteed or we just want the circumstances to be just right. I wish Zacchaeus wasn't in the tree. I'd actually just like him to come into church because this is a little bit safer environment to engage him for Jesus. And actually, I just, once I see him go up and respond to Jesus, that's when I'm going to engage him. If I, if, I see, if I see him start to close his eyes in worship and he lifts a little bit of a hand, boom, that's my, 
Engage him where they're at now. Engage him in the tree as you're passing through somewhere else. Show value to him outside of your schedule of where you're going. Engage him now. James 4.13 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. I think it's so important. Do not wait for the perfect place. Engage them now. I think the best people to engage are the ones that you're currently with. Because they're the only people that you should be engaging right now. Is the people that are currently around you. And I love this line, verse 7. And when they saw it, they being the people, they all grumbled. He, being Jesus, has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. I think, and if, if, if I can communicate anything this morning, it would be this point that I'm about to um, encourage you with, I hope. The way that we view others determines how we approach them. The way that you view the people around you determines the way that you're going to approach them. The people saw Zacchaeus as a sinner, and as such, he was unworthy to be engaged. And when it's made black and white like this, we're like, we're we're okay with that. But when it's the person at work that's just really aggravating you and doing, doing behavior that they're not the one you want me to engage, Jesus. Man, these kids that, that just never listen, Archer and Bennett, looking at you, these aren't the ones that you want me to show mercy and, 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 and grace to. I want to show mercy and grace to the people that are being really nice to me right now. The, see, the thing about sin is that it is kind of like this repellent, right? What we have to be able to do is look at the way that we view people and see, why are we not engaging with the people around us? I've been in work environments that have been really unhealthy work environments. You know what my number one goal was? Was to get out of the, healthy, uh, the unhealthy work environment. I want to submit to you that I was wrong, that while I am there, I believe my role was to express the kingdom of God, express a little bit of heaven in that place. Now, I would be un, unable to do that if I'm not going to engage the people around me. And if I view them as people that, that are are sinners, and sinners can be Christians too. It's just, the, the definition of this is just people that, that aren't acting right. The way we view others determines how we approach them. We need, and hear this, this is the point that I want you to catch. We need to see what God wants to do in someone's life before he has done it. Not their current sin or their current place they're in. We need to see the transformation not the transgression. Jesus didn't see a lying, cheating tax collector up in a tree. He saw what was going to happen in Zacchaeus' life. If you're a notes person, this is, this is the, the noteworthy uh, line right here. If we see the transformation, it will compel us to engage if we see the transgression, it will repel us to go the other way. If we see the transformation, it will compel us to engage. Now, hear my heart on this. Have you seen, have you seen the movie The Prince of Egypt? You know there's a song, Look Through Heaven's Eyes. Look at your life, look at your life through heaven's eyes. 
Uh, who, who sings it? Um, Jethro? Jethro's singing it. What a phenomenal statement that not just look at yourself, but look at those around you with heaven's eyes. And heaven sees the transformation that is possible in the people around you. Jesus didn't engage a tax collector. He engaged Zacchaeus. Do you know what Zacchaeus means? It means innocent. It means pure. Isn't that powerful? That was he innocent and pure up in that tree? He wasn't. Why was everyone saying, don't engage this guy? He's a sinner. He's not worthy of being engaged. They were grumbling against Jesus. Because the way that they saw him repelled them to go the other way. But what Jesus saw was the transformation possible in him, and it compelled him to engage. Seeing through heaven's eyes. It's this idea, and we're talking a lot about it in our Pursuing Purpose workshop that we're going to put everyone through, hopefully, that, that, that is willing um, in 2017. But this idea from the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Faith is seeing heaven before it's fully realized. That God wants to bring heaven down to earth here and now, not in its fullness, but in, at least in, in, in a partial expression. You can't bring something that you don't know what you're bringing. If, if you don't see it, you won't be able to fulfill it because you don't know what you're trying to, to, to bring about. We have to put on heaven's eyes, heaven's lenses, and we say, what is God wanting to do with this person and transform them into? Now you're moving from a place of faith to engage them. Do you know, I wouldn't engage anyone either if I was just walking into Upper Hut and I was on my way to Jerusalem or on my way to Masterton to visit my Nana. If I was going through and I stopped by um, a place that I very rarely infrequent McDonald's and just got some food. If I stopped by there and then I had to pick up something at the warehouse and then I stopped by a dairy on the way and I had to fill up gas, all of those other interactions don't mean anything. If I'm not seeing that Jesus is wanting me to engage right there where I am. And if the way that I view people, you know there's some really rugged people around in behavior. And you know what we do? We put ourselves in a world where we're, we're happy and safe and we can just deal with what we want to deal with. We have to engage the people around us. And from all walks of life, be they rich like Zacchaeus or be they poor and have nothing and are homeless on the streets, we have to understand the value that people carry in our city. We have to get a heart of Jesus for the people in our city. And when I'm saying the people of our city, don't let that be a nice well-wish that you wish the city really well. But how are you engaging your family right now? How are you engaging them? Do you see heaven's plan for your family? Do you see heaven's plan for your church? Because I do. When I come, I want to start seeing, man, I see who Pete is. I see what he's doing, but I see even so much more. We have to have heaven's eyes and start saying, man, Dennis is awesome. Look at this transformation. I love Dennis's heart of worship. I love to watch Dennis worship. There's something pure. There's something authentic. Are we seeing heaven's eyes? I really want to encourage you. We are not here to be present in the city of Upper Hutt. We are here to engage the city of Upper Hutt. And we need to engage the city where it's at. When Jesus says, come as you are, we have to get rid of all of the expectations that we think people have to, including your spouses. Don't wait for them to get perfect before you can deal with them. Deal with them as they are now and see them through heaven's eyes. It's very important. 
If we see the transformation, it will compel us to engage. Don't you love that? Jesus didn't have an option, in my opinion, to engage Zacchaeus because he saw, I see heaven right there, and I see what, what transformation is wanting to happen. This is another point that Ange has already touched on this morning that I really wanted to encourage you with. Is that transformation is possible. That might seem so like, come on, Jesse, we, we graduated like Christianity kindergarten a long time ago. Well, I want to see a group of people here on fire with the knowledge that Jesus transforms. Because then you start to engage your community because you recognize, man, this person that's, that's a drug addict on the street, I know my Jesus when he comes into contact and he meets with them, they're going to leave changed. We have to get a hunger again for the transforming power of who Jesus is. And it's not going to happen in a meeting where we rile ourselves up and really believe it. It's going to happen as you're engaging the people around you, up a tree, on the road, in the chariot, at the drinking fountain. That's where the transformative power of Jesus is able to be expressed through every single one of us. I love, we've told it before, Bill Johnson's metaphor of we're salt and light. He says salt doesn't taste very good when it's all bunched up and you take a big bite of it. Well, right now, we don't taste very good because we're all together. But as soon as you spread us out, my goodness, we start to taste really, really good. We won't if we're not engaging the people around us. If we're salt, we keep jumping back from the food, right? Just, oh, didn't like that. That hurt my feelings, you know? Oh, that's a little bit uncomfortable for me. Oh, my kid's mad. So whatever it is, we have to engage the world around us. Do you know, I have a picture. And the picture is, as we're in the city... You know, and, and there's really cool maps on Google or on, online. But as we touch things, it literally should be like light kind of comes out and it transforms things. That when we're spread out through the city, and, and there's some, a lot of great churches here and we're connecting with them. We really do want to impact a city, but I'm not necessarily worried about the quantitative expression of that. I want to see qualitative differences within your families, within your workplaces, it should be, you know, I just think with Kathy at the Silverstream Health Center, that, that should be kind of a different environment now because Kathy's there. Because she, I know she's engaging the people around her, and she took great care of my boy when I think she had to give him a shot one time. I don't know if he's forgiven. Bennett's sitting there saying, don't look at me, Dad. But this is the expression of who we are in community, not what we do when we're gathered together. It's the transformation that we see Jesus do and work wherever people are. And this morning, I want to encourage you that Jesus does transform. He takes and makes beauty from ashes. But do you see that in the people that you're around and the people that you're engaging with? We have to be able to see heaven's eyes in them. I'll read the last passage and we'll wrap up. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I play hide and seek with my boys. They love that game. They love hide and seek so much. When dad gets bored of the game, I tell them to go hide, and then I go and, you know, try and get a couple of minutes of just, oh, I don't know, watch, check up on emails or whatever. Do you know, the game all of a sudden comes to this halt when I stop looking for them. They get, they get a little bit angry after they've been hiding for a little while, and they, like, come try and find dad. And if I've found a good nook and cranny, it takes them a while, so, you know, I get a little bit of space. 
How many Christians have stopped seeking and looking for opportunities to engage? How easy is it? And what happens when we stop seeking, the game stops. When we stop looking for, but what does it say? That the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We have to be understanding and have this desire in us that actually Jesus can save. He can transform. He can impact. Not only he can, but he wants to. He desires to. We have to connect into this. And then we won't stop looking. This morning, we're encouraging you to engage the world around you. Because if you don't, they're not going to see Jesus. Jesus' mission must be ours, and it's to see heaven invade earth and the lives of the people around us. We don't want to be a church that was simply present in Upper Hutt. We want to be a church that is engaged with the people. And this is the, the the last little note, and then I'll pray. As we engage, we need to find that on account of. I think people are seeking life. People are seeking life. They might not know life's name is Jesus. But I believe it's our job to find that on account of. Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus because he was short. But do you know, I think there's a whole city full of broken people that can't see Jesus on account of something. It's our, our mandate is to go and seek them, to go engage them where they're at, if they're in the tree, if they're on the road, to engage them where they're at. Our, our job is to go and show them value. Our job is to, to do it now and not later. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. As we engage, we need to find that on account of that has been preventing them from seeing Jesus and allow them to see Jesus in us. And I think that looks different to every single one of us. And that's why one of the reasons why we keep saying living in purpose is because we don't want to just be generic Christians that we all look, talk, and act the same. We're very interconnected. But what has God uniquely gifted you with? Who are the people that he's uniquely placed you around? And what is your role within that? If you're operating outside of your lane, you're going to be not as effective to engage the people around you. What we're really wanting to encourage is engage. And these Go Church events, they're designed for one reason, to engage. So tomorrow, I hope there's some fun. I hope we do some, you know, me and Aaron will be back flipping on that, um, the jumping castle. But more than anything, I hope, what's that? <laughs> I, my, my car is going to be a surfing car. I did, I, unfortunately, I'm more like Aaron, minimalist work. I popped a couple surfboards up, threw some wetsuits on. I'm going to get a TV with some sweet surfids. I'm good to go. But what do I want to do? I want to engage. I want to engage. I want to seek. I want to, to talk to. I want to, to hear where they're at. And then if I'm connecting with someone that I think someone else is going to be really good to engage, that's why we're a body. Hey, oh, I see how you can interact over here, and you can be doing this. We, we can't do it alone, but can, can you hear the heart of what we're wanting to do is to go and to be? And this, these Go Church events are just, this is just to be a memory, a jogger of like, oh, yeah, my, my role is to engage. As we as a church corporately engage, our heart is not that that's where the most fruit comes. Our heart is that the fruit comes in your workplace. That is, you're engaging that place around you. I was thinking, we have a lot of folks in our congregation who, who might be past working age. If you see people in your life, be they old or be they new, engage them. If, if, we're, if you're in Somerset, 
You, there's a whole community of people. One of the Go Church events that we want to do next year, we should do in Somerset, and we'll put on a really nice event for the folks. We'll see what we can do. We want to engage. We cannot relegate ourselves to people not being around because we're all passing through somewhere. There's people around. Engage the people around you.